Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Wow, Lisa, Lisa M. Bolt Simons. Hello. It's wonderful to see you again. Wonderful to see you. We met at the SCBWI meeting in New York in February. Correct. It took us six months to find one another. Yes. And here you are. We're going to talk about three new children's books. Yes. Curious, and I'm curious about hockey, and I'm curious about soccer. Yeah, I'm perhaps even more. Yeah, more. That's a good cue to show the books. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm even more curious uh, to learn about your book. I think from last year, from Capstone. Yes, on the Northwest Passage Expedition. Correct. There it is. Yeah. So I'm just going to say that my name is Mel Rosenberg, and I'm the host of the Children's Literature Channel for the New Books Network. And my guest is the prolific, prolific, that's not even the right word, super prolific, magnum cum laude prolific, Lisa M. Bolt-Simons. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Uh, talk to briefly about the three books that are brand new, the six ones that you're working on, and the 50 others that you've written, you have two minutes. <laughs> okay. Um... Well, the summer's been really busy, Mel. That's one of the reasons why it's been hard to get together. Um, I continue to write work for higher books, and uh, I still work for Capstone, although um, these other books are actually with two other publishers. Um, my first book that I ever wrote was about the Minnesota Wild, and I have circled back to that publisher. They're called The Creative Company. Now, I can't tell you what those books are, Mel. I'm sorry to, sh- uh, yeah, I know they're secret until they come out next year. There's only 10,000 people listening, Lisa. Oh, ooh. Yeah, so it's a secret. So those 10,000 people are going to have to wait till they come out next year. Um, So I'm working on three titles with them. And then I'm working on three titles with kind of an imprint of theirs called Amicus. And so um, four of those are these typical kind of shorter books. These are generally for the, the primary elementary level, about second, third grade. But two of them are actually going to be for the middle grade, uh, middle school, high school level. Uh, they're 5,000 words. So those, those two were pretty intense. So I'm waiting for the editor to get those back and then I'll go, I will be revising those and getting those back to her by uh, September. So those will also come out next year. So those are the six. And actually, Mel, now that I say that, I have also just turned in a seventh book, and that is a middle grade fiction book. Um, That's, uh, I have four, actually, I'll grab those real quick. 
These are my four middle grade novels and they're sports books. They're the choose your own path books. And um, this is hockey and baseball and soccer and football. And I just turned in my basketball book. And that actually should be out because my editor does a really quick turnaround and he's a small press. That actually should be out before Christmas. So keep an eye out on that. So We'll have to I've have you back. Busy. We'll have to have you back. <laughs> I've been busy, Mel. Yeah. So, so um, most of the authors that I interview have not chosen this career path of of work for hire. Um, so, yeah. I want you to tell us about this. Uh, but before that, a few words about this intriguing book about the Northwestern Passage. Yes. I, I I grew up in Canada. I was intrigued. Oh, yeah. A few words about this, please. How did this so, happen? Because it's not, you know, they they probably ended up by eating each other. Um, and um, I, I say it's not a subject. And then you made it into a subject. And it's a graphic yeah. novel for young kids. Talk about yeah. it. Show us pictures. Um, it How did is, it happen? Well, it's work for hire. And I want to make sure I clarify this for your listeners is work for hire is when the editor sends you um, a list of books. And this is from the Deadly Expeditions. And she says, how would you like to write a book about a deadly expedition? <laughs> and you're like, hmm, do I want to write a book about a deadly expedition? And you don't, you have a choice as in, do you want to write about one of these four books? And you're thinking, well, you know, I don't really want to write about these, but I do need to pay my bills. Mel, you'll work for how, yes, you do want to pay your bills, right? And so I said, well, sure. Um, I will write about the Northwest Passage Arctic Expedition. And you pick one that you think might be the most interesting per se. And um, I had never written a graphic novel before. Mel, this is a graphic novel. I had never written a graphic novel. And by this time, I had probably written about 40, 45 um, books. And I had never written a graphic novel. And I was nervous. I was so, I was, I was not scared, but I was nervous because this was going to be a challenge because with these books, with these other books, and we'll talk about the hockey one later, this is just text, right? But this one for a graphic novel, you have to write, you have to write dialogue. You have to write narration and you have to write illustrator notes. I didn't know Eugene Smith was going to be my illustrator because I did not draw this. Mel, I can draw stick people barely, okay? So Eugene Smith was my illustrator. I didn't know he, who he was at the time, but I had to draw illustrator notes. Three components. This was beyond what I had normally written before. I was really so, nervous. So, uh, so you went on an expedition of your own. I did, Mel. Thank you. That was awesome. 
Um, I did have to go on an expedition on my own, but because I was working with my editor who I had worked with with several books, she was like, you can do it. And I said, I am up for the challenge. And Mel, it was a challenge, but I ended up loving it. This was such a great experience for me. And kids love graphic novels. And um, it, and yes, the, they do end up eating each other. <laughs> now, because this is a children's book, Mel, we had to be very diplomatic about how we wrote that. Um, and I'm pretty sure maybe we didn't even really write that until the back matter. Um, but it was, this was fascinating. And because of the um, research that I did, I was able to put in dialogue and get some of the real people. And because of their names, I was like, oh, my son played hockey with a Dunn. So I'm going to put Dunn in here. And my daughter's name is Jerry. One of the characters is going to be named Jerry. So that's what's fun about fiction. So you can do that. But yeah, it was, um, this but was this, this, is, this is not fiction. Uh, yeah, it is. It's historical fiction. Okay. Yeah, I it's, had to make up the dialogue. No, I know, but isn't it historical nonfiction? I mean, the expedition happened. It's based on. But it is. It is. But I mean, all of the dialogue. It's yeah. historical fiction, right? So it's based on it's based on what happened. But I had to make up what was, you know, men. It is a somber time, but summer is upon us. Let us hope for melting ice. I mean, we don't know that they said that. The only thing that they found was a, a note. That's it. That's all they found was a note. And then they didn't find the ships. A, 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 a note, a note that they had revised because. They'd written yeah. one note and come back a year later and, and, update, have... and updated it. More yes. people have died. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't find the ships until I think it was 2014, 2016. Yeah, they found the Erebus in 2014 and the Terror was found in 2016. So they're still trying to figure out what the heck happened. It's, so... it's, it's incredible. And oh, yeah. um, at least I can tell like it's it's really interesting to read it and what it's it's meant for kids who are about eight years old um so the reading level uh the interest level is third through fifth grade yeah but i get passionate about this because i flew to cambodia last year and you know how the in the in the seats they have the maps and we ended up flying over the arctic and all of a sudden mel this map we were flying over the Arctic. And I was like, oh my gosh, we are flying over their path. And I wanted to tell all my friends that I was flying to Cambodia with, they were sleeping. Oh my gosh, I was so upset. But then when they woke up, I said, oh my gosh, you guys, we flew right over where they, where they, um, the path that they traveled. I was so excited because I recognized the map. And so when I do school visits, I tell kids, when you do research and you actually live that experience, how cool it is to have that, that lived experience. So I recognize that map that I had done research. I, I just, and hopefully, because obviously I get a little animated. <laughs> And so it's just, it was just really neat for me to have done that research. So, yeah, I, I loved doing this book. It was hard, but 
but I love doing it. Is there like when you're a research student, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you do a, a, a project to study a thesis with a professor. Um, at the beginning, it's his project. Right, right. Then some morning you wake up and you say, oh, it's my project now. Yeah. Does oh, this yeah. happen to you when you're writing? Because oh, sure. you, you, you get the brief from, from Capstone. Yep, yep. And at some stage you're doing research, you say, oh, this is now mine. I own this. Yeah. And, and what's ironic, because this is a work for hire, right? You get one flat fee. I don't get, it doesn't matter how many books they sell. This is not, even though my name's on it, this is not my book. I don't own it. <laughs> but I did the work for this. I did all the research. I wrote everything for this. And so this, this, this is still my baby, right? Um, and I'm very proud of this. I, I feel so good about writing this. This was a huge, big, this was a big deal. Yeah, I, I loved it. And, and um, as much as you can love a book about the cannibalism, uh, but um, no, I'm joking. It's really a, uh, it's a remarkable story. And um, so because I, I know you a little tiny bit, mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking of you in terms of someone who wants to live a life with a lot of significance and meaning, especially for young children. Oh, yeah. And um, I know a little bit about your biography, which is um, poignant. Uh, would you like to share a little bit? Because I, I, I think that maybe that's part of what makes Lisa M. Bolt-Simons Lisa M. Bolt-Simons. Well, I was, I was born the daughter of an Air Force pilot. He, well, we were, um, he was stationed at Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas, Nevada, in the United States. And um, he used to fly the demonstration team, um, the Thunderbirds. And they kind of, they have a friendly competition with the Navy Blue Angels. And uh, again, stationed at Nellis, gone a lot. He started as the narrator. And then the second year, he was the slot pilot. So if you're looking at the diamond, the commander, the wings, and then he was the back in the diamond. And so he flew that in 1972. And he finished, they finished the season usually in November. And then uh, on December 21st, 1972, um, the guy who usually, they take the, the red, white, and blue planes and ship them off to get them all shiny and squeaky clean for the next season. And they borrow planes. They borrow, they're like, they call them the lizards, they're camouflage jets. That, and at the time it was the F-4. And uh, there was a, a crew chief who wanted to take this plane and they have to do a flight to make sure that they are good to test because um, are good to fly for the training. So they train in January, February and March. Um, and the guy who usually does that flight, he was already gone. So my dad stepped up and said, I'll just take it out to test it. And uh very tragically, the, the wing was broken. And, um, and about uh, 12 minutes into the flight, he and Chuck in the back seat were killed. So um, he was 30 years old and my dad, um, my dad was 30 and I was three and my little brother was two. And um, so here is um, a picture of my dad uh, sitting in his jet. And that of course changed the 
trajectory of my life, um, I stayed in um, uh, Las Vegas with my mom and my brother for a few years. And then she moved us to Colorado and she ended up marrying another man. And uh, my brother and I got adopted. And that, that was not the best scenario. And I needed to get away. And I left and went to Iowa for college and met a guy. One second, hold on. What did you study in Iowa? I actually studied English and journalism. I thought I was going to be a broadcast journalist. And I had two. And if if I remember from your biography, you were always a reader. Oh my gosh, voracious. I, I still, I'm in two book clubs. I still love to read. Obviously my, my bookshelves, my bookshelves, I have two bookshelves downstairs, love to read, always have loved to read, but I thought I was going to be a journalist. Um, I thought the anchor thing wasn't really working. I thought I could be a producer because producers have to write, but I had two internships and they were, they were not good. Uh, the one in Des Moines, uh, three children fell into a river, three siblings, and the producer was calling him fish bait, and, and that was horrible. And then I had one in Colorado, and at Colorado Springs, we, we, we went over to the Air Force Academy where my dad had gone and where he's buried, and we went over, and the Thunderbirds always fly every year over the graduation and we were we filmed and then we were heading back to the station and the photographer turned to the reporter and they said well all we need is a thunderbird to crash and i didn't say anything mel and i should have said something and i should have said i'll show you where a thunderbird is turn around and let's go to the cemetery but i didn't and i just said you know what if you want bad things to happen journalism is not for me so when my husband and I uh, got married and in Colorado uh, at the Air Force Academy, and then we moved to Minnesota, and I decided I wanted to go into education, and I um, went into teaching, and I became a teacher. And about uh, maybe 15 years ago, I took a class at the Literary uh, Loft Literary Center in Minneapolis, and she was teaching how to write books for children. And I thought, you know what? This is how I can combine my education and my writing. And I really wanted to write books. All of these books back here are these ones that go into the the school libraries. And I thought, what? There are so many kids, because I've generally worked in schools where there's the low socioeconomic status for these kids, and they can go into libraries and not have to pay for their books. My, my children were pretty lucky. We could go to a Barnes and Noble every once in a while and buy them a book. But so many of my students, uh, I, I taught second uh, English as a second language or English as a fourth language or English as a fifth language. Um they couldn't afford books, but they could go into a library and get my books. And so that was really important to me. And here I am 70 books later. Um, and uh, the, the thing is, is that again, these are the books where the, the editor says, do you want to write a book about this? And again, these are the books that have been paying my bills so far, but I have also been working on my heart work projects. I have about 15 picture books that I've written. I'm working on a young adult novel right now. 
Um, I just won a grant to work on my memoir. It's about my dad. And those are my heartwork projects. And those are books that I'm trying to get out in the world that no one has told me to write. Those are the books that are from my heart that I've written for myself. And someday I'd like to get out in the world as well. Okay. So uh, we'll come back to that. Um, okay. How did you, so I, I'm guessing that these were the uh, age of children that you taught as a teacher, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. eight to 10. Um, so yeah. every interview I share my theory that we get stuck at writing at the age that um, we are stuck at. So are you are you stuck as an eight year old? You don't have to answer that. <laughs> it depends. Sometimes I act like an eight year old. I don't know. My 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 twins. Uh, I have twins, and they sometimes think that I'm you know a little weird. And I was just informed my by my uh, daughter that her boyfriend thinks I'm a little weird. But <laughs> um, I think my soon to be daughter in law thinks I'm okay. So. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I've met you and you're terrific. Oh, well, thank you, Mal. I appreciate that. So how, how did this how did this happen? So you took the course. Yes. It's, you know, it, it, it's hard to get gigs. How did you get this gig? The first gig for your first My uh... first gig. Um, let me grab that book. My first gig. It, it's incredible. You know, you've written 70 books. So you know where each one is. That's very good. Well, I kind of, I kind of did it chronologically. Ah, well done. <laughs> Good so, thing I didn't ask you for book number thirty-nine. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not that way, but, uh, um, but yeah. this was kind of fun. This one actually says writing from the heart. But you know, mm -hmm. we were in our local paper. That's when my son was like third grade. But, um, but this was my first book, uh, Minnesota Wild. So I took the class, and she brought in. You know, back then there was more of the hard, uh, the, the catalogs rather than the websites. And so um, uh, she brought in the creative company, which is based out of Minnesota. And I was looking through there and I saw the football books and I saw the uh, baseball books and I wrote them and I said, you know, I was a hockey mom. I am a hockey mom, I guess at the time. And I don't see any hockey books. How could I write some hockey books? And they wrote back and they said, you know what? They're just about to come out. Thanks, but no thanks. And I said, okay. But a month later, the editor, Aaron, wrote back and he said, guess what? We did not do one on the Minnesota Wild. And we have someone in Minnesota who would like to buy about 2,000 books. How would you like to write that book? But you need to do it in a month. Uh, well, okay. So I, you know, and this was actually a middle grade book. So this was about 5,000 words. And I went downstairs to my son who was third grade at the time. And I said, so Anthony, uh, an editor wrote, asked me to write a book about the Minnesota wild. What do you think? And his jaw just dropped and he goes, oh my gosh, mom. Yes. Write it. And I went, oh my gosh, what am I? Cause I was a full-time teacher and a full-time mom with twins, and I had two dogs, and I had a husband, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? Um, I barely slept. <laughs> I, I probably barely ate. So I would come home from my full-time job, and I would probably put in about five hours, six hours a night. I would work weekends. I probably pulled an all-nighter a couple times, but I got it done. 
and uh it was intense but yeah i can this you, was can, can you read us the first sentence of your first book oh sure i could do that i can do that on October 11th, 2000, before a crowd of 18,827 fans dressed in red and green, University of Minnesota hockey legend John Masich announced, in the state of hockey, we skate the frozen ponds. We live the game. Welcome to Minnesota. St. Paul Mayor Norm Coleman then dropped a ceremonial puck onto the ice moments before the real puck was dropped incredible yeah it was it was quite incredible and then and even with before this i had been in in graduate school i had submitted to capstone and it took me seven years to get into capstone this took me three months but and that's why i have this on my tat i have tattooed nevertheless she persisted bell because about uh, right after Minnesota Wild came out and I was um, not right after uh, it was came out, like right after um, Aaron contacted me, Capstone contacted me. And I said, did you know about the wild? And they said, no. So it's sometimes it's a fluke. That's why I tell writers, you cannot give up. You never know when someone is just going to say, oh my gosh, thank goodness that writer contacted me. I need this person for quilting and they're a quilter or I need someone who speaks, you know, Chinese and oh my gosh, they speak Chinese. I need that book on, you know, Chinese history. That, that, that's why I didn't get the contract is because I don't speak Chinese. I speak Hebrew. Mm. But I, at least I, 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 I want to strengthen what you're saying, because after yeah. interviewing over 100 authors, yeah, um, it isn't sometimes a fluke. It's usually a fluke. Yes. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's some kind of happenstance it uh, is. that you have to be, um, I, I wouldn't say not only prepared for, but you have to be banging on doors to make it happen. Oh, yes, it's, you do. You really do. It so is that, the that, 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 that's very strong, uh, strong advice. So um, 70 books later. Yes. Um, and, and you're still with the same passion. And, I, and, and you do this without an agent? Well, work for hire just doesn't pay very much. So it's, I mean, if an agent's taking 15%, there is no reason that you want to have an agent for these. You just don't. Okay. But yeah. I want to I want to now segue to your your heartfelt writing. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, where probably these days, if it's fiction, if it's from the heart, if it's not writing to a particular market, right. um, then you need an agent, and the chance of getting an agent is Very ostensibly different. one in a thousand. Um, much less for you, or much greater for you, because you are a multi multi-author yes well i and you know they they have like the query man um query manager and they have all these electronic i keep track on you know these spreadsheets and i have a spreadsheet per book so i have a lot of these papers and um we held a conference in minnesota and it was our, we did Minnesota-Iowa collaboration. 
and I got my first agent request on a picture book. And she called it Newberry Caliber and she wanted it. And I was just thrilled. And then with picture books, of course, you have to send more. And the other two books she just didn't feel as strongly about. And so she ended up you know, rejecting me. And so um, I now have it out with, I had it out with four other pub, uh, agents and I just got a rejection yesterday. Um, so it's still out with three others, but, um, you know, I have other workout and it's just one of those things. And some of its publishers, I also send out work to publishers as well. So I just, I send out and I wait and that's all I can do. And I do have to show you this Mel in order to know that we are working. I have a writer's group. And whenever we get rejected, and I got this idea from a friend, a writer friend, we pay ourselves anytime we get rejected. This is my rejection rewards. So yesterday when I got rejected, I popped another dollar in here. And eventually I will add this up and, you know, I don't know, buy myself something. (laughs) I can can already uh, go abroad, I think. Right. Yeah. Pay myself for a trip or something. But we just want to make sure we we do this because we want to know that we are pursuing what we want to do. We're pursuing our passion. We're pursuing our heart work. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's, well, it's- uh, Lisa, it, 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 interviewing you is wonderful because. Oh, thank you. <laughs> be, be, because of this dichotomy, let, let's. Let's dwell on this. So you're you're highly successful. You're sought after as an author of books for, let's say, eight to ten year olds, um, on sports and and many other and and uh, and the new one on the Northwestern Passage. I was going to say cannibals, but I take that back. Uh, I love that book, by the way, and I recommend it. Um, yeah. And you're very successful. And then on the other hand, the stuff from the heart is so much harder to publish. But it is. but here's the thing. Uh, we are, those of us um, who write from our heart, are trying to get somebody to put down fifty or $70,000 yeah. uh, to publish something that's from our heart, right. not necessarily theirs, right. and, um, and, and to sell it to people. Uh, and I think that the, this is a, a real challenge. It is. And... It really- um, and so I salute you on two levels, well, on three. Um, on first of all, of, of coming to terms with your childhood and speaking about it so freely, and uh, what I call recruiting your demons, taking this very difficult childhood mm-hmm. and turning it into something of such great value for many tens of thousands of, of other children mm-hmm. and, be, and being so optimistic. Uh, and um, that was something that I... I Noted right away when I met you. Uh, let's talk about SCBWI now. You're in charge of of uh, Minnesota. Um, a few yeah. words about SCBWI and what it means to you, I and what it, and, and what it is. Uh, it's so it's Society of Children's uh, Writers. Oh. Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Book writers and Illustrators, yes. And I always think of WI at the end for Wisconsin. <laughs> so I always know I get that WI right. 
um, which is next door to Minnesota, for those who don't know the United States. But um, you know, we Minnesota had a kind of a falling out um, about three years ago, and I'm not going to even go into it, but it ended up, the chapter ended up joining Iowa. So I'm really glad that we kind of joined Iowa and it, it still was able to flourish and, and have some events and, but then COVID ended up happening. So, you know, in-person stuff, uh, it was just, uh, zoom things. Um, but I, I ended up joining probably in 2000, I think five or 2008. And I really appreciated, even though I've never won, um, an award or any of those things. I know, right? Um, but I was able to go to uh, I some grants here in Minnesota. I was able to go to the LA um, conference back in, I think it was maybe 11 years ago, I was able to go to a conference. And that was, that was wonderful. I mean, I met Judy Bloom, one of my all-time favorite authors from when I, I met her in the coffee shop line. Oh my gosh, Mel, that would made, that made like my, my life. That was just so awesome. I was like, oh my gosh, this is Judy Bloom. And so all of these, these pieces fell together. I just met wonderful, like new authors. I got to meet Henry. I met the Fonz. I met Henry Winkler. I mean, it was just, it was just wonderful. This great experience. And um, so just all of those connections. And then uh, I feel like they have a lot of resources. And so after Minnesota kind of fell apart a few years ago, and then just this last fall, they said, we need leadership again. And I wrote my writer's group and I said, so I'm thinking about being the regional advisor. And all of them wrote me back. There's four of them, five of them. And they said, you do not have time. Are you crazy? <laughs> and I said, I know, but here's the thing. Part of it's selfish, Mel, we have to admit this. I am going to make connections with literary agents and editors if I do this. Plus, I get to the get to go to conferences for free. So like when I met you in New York, I mean that trip was free, right? So I mean there's some there's some it, perks. It, it, it wasn't free for me. Oh, um, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's some mm. perks to that. And just being able to um, make connections, and I just figured that I just kind of needed to do this and get the chapter back and going. So I applied. There were three of us. They ended up choosing me. So I'm just very thankful that I can do this. Plus, I know how it started. And as a newer writer and being able to get some of these uh, resources and events and um I wanted to be able to do that for newer writers where I used to be. So, um, but I also want to be able to break it up because there are newer writers, new, new, new writers, and there are middle of the road writers. And there are people like me who feel like we're at a space where we don't have agents, but we've published. And so I, I want to be able to balance out some of these events where uh, we can break it up, but also um, address anybody. So it's really going to be a challenge, but um, I've got a really great ARA, um, a regional uh, assistant regional advisor, and um, 
an illustrator coordinator team, but one of them may not be able to join, but it's just, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I, I'm tempted to join your chapter, <laughs> but do I have to move to Minnesota? You might have to move to Minnesota uh, when we have in-person critiques. Mel, you're, is a little distant, but we do right. have virtual ones. We do have virtual ones. Okay. So, as, as somebody who grew up in Canada. Yeah, um, there you go. You're a token honorary Minnesota person. But I might pass on the the winter uh, sessions, the in-person winter sessions. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Lisa, so uh, we've talked about your advice for uh, aspiring authors. Um, You talked about your critique group and and being buoyant every time you get a rejection. You've uh, talked about SCBWI. Not always. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Getting rejected is really hard, but you have to keep persisting. You, you take it with a grain of salt and then you just have to. No, it, yeah, it's absolutely unless you're a masochist, being rejected is terrible. It's terrible. Um, but I love your idea with the dollar bill. I'm going to do that with Israeli shekels. Uh, because, because they're they're worth much less than a dollar, so I can when I get rejected frequently. Um, but so so I just had my first book come out a couple of months ago. But I still yes. I yeah I still feel it here in Israel. Uh, but so now I'm a traditionally published author, but I still feel like I'm not. Um, and and I I had this conversation with Julie Headland, who was interviewed about a year ago, um, on being on being. Yeah, I'm being here and saying, okay, but I got to be there. Mm-hmm. Are, are you here do you, or do you feel that you're there? Because when I met you, I said, wow, you're incredibly there, but perhaps you feel like you're here and not there yet. Um, you know, I listened to when, I, when we were in New York. I don't know if you remember hearing this or maybe it was of the virtual one. I can't, everything kind of blurs right now. But she talked about, she she wanted to make sure that she remembers it's not about getting on the new york bestsellers list it's not the, the next award it's not the next it's not the newberry it's making connections when she had the mom she did a school visit and the little boy brought her mom his mom to that nighttime event at the school and the mom had been trying to be a writer And the mom broke down crying because she had been told whether whatever country that she couldn't be a writer. And then this woman said, you can be a writer and you can do this. And the mom started to cry. She said that was more important than anything else she had ever done. So that's what I want to try to remember. Um, that's what I want to try to remember. And I, I mean, any of the little kids who have said something to me, um, that's, that's what I want to try to remember when I've had, when I've had little kids listen to me read at some of the schools, um, that's what I love. So, you know, um, but I, I still want to get some of the heart work out. Um, one of the books I've written is an honor to my grandparents, after my dad was killed, we went out to Florida and my brother and I would build cat, uh, sandcastles on the beach. And that's this book that was the 
you know, Newberry caliber that, that just got rejected yesterday. I really want to get that out because I want to help kids through grief when they lose their parents. Um, so, you know, I, I just hope that I can get that out someday. So. And I hope yeah. so for you too. So you are Lisa. So on the one hand, you're totally there. Yeah. Super, super accomplished a writer of uh, books for children. Right. And on the other hand, you're here and not there because you have these heartfelt stories that you want to bring to life that haven't happened yet. And uh, so I'm going to share what happened during our, my conversation with Julie, uh, which I'm trying to assimilate, not totally successfully. Uh, which is that uh, we're always there. Mm. Um, we always think about ourselves in terms of being of being here, you know. Oh, um, I haven't done this yet and I haven't done that. But, you know, if you look back 20 years, you say, oh, um, 20 years from now, I'm going to be sitting and behind me, there's going to be 65 or how many uh, books that I've written for children that are being read throughout the world. And you would say, oh, no, no, that's that's impossible. Yeah. So yeah. we, we have we have to we have to be a little bit there, especially True. especially somebody especially somebody like you. On the other hand, when you ask authors what their best book is, now if I ask you what your best book is, what are you going to tell me? Um, you know, I get that question all the time, and I can't I can't pick one because I have found out. I mean, in all of these, I have learned so much with all the research that I can't, I can't pick. So, and I mean, when I do a hockey book, I think of my son. And when I do soccer books, I think of my kids. Um, so, 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 so your, your best book is essentially the one that you're writing. Pretty much probably. Yeah. And, yeah. and many, many of us are like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Lisa, is there anything I haven't asked you? <laughs> A, a, a few words about the, the other books. We've talked about this uh, graphic novel, which I love so much. But um, the audience is going to be curious about your curious books. Well, I just really like this format because I haven't written anything like this before. But I, I like these because they start with a question. So why are my skates loose, but my helmet tight? So I like this question format and then there's the answer. So that's that. I just really like this. And this, of course, was great. How early is practice? I mean, when my son was playing hockey uh, and he had to be at the rink and he didn't have his license yet. Seriously. What time, Anthony? Are you kidding me? Um, and just so this this was a cute format. So I have three more. Uh, coming out in this uh, in this series, so this, these were kind of fun, yeah. And then I do send these. Whoever helps me with these books, I, I get them a free book. So this was these were fun. So yeah, wonderful. So no, we're good. Yeah, thank Lisa, you for been... me, Mel. This was fun. I love the Zoom that we. You're in Israel, and I'm here. I'm one of my best friends from college. Her daughter's living in Jerusalem, so I can't wait to tell her that I was I was in Israel today. <laughs> kind of. And, and I was in Minnesota, but it's in the middle of August, so that's no yeah. big deal. Yeah, no big deal. It's rainy today. Let's, but... let's talk. Let's let's talk in February. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll show you February. Yeah, no, okay. Um, so Lisa, um, I, I, we're going to say goodbye to everybody. Okay. And and then I want you to go out and come back in because there's uh, two secrets that I haven't shared. That oh, I okay. want to share with you. We don't have okay. to share all our secrets with everybody. Okay. Um, and I'm going to thank you. Uh, we've been speaking to the wonderful, uh, delightful Lisa N. Bolt-Simons, who has written so many books that she can't keep track of how many they are, and still has still has dreams of her heartfelt picture books. And uh, Lisa, you are such a wonderful human being. It's been great. And author, of course. It's been great to have you on the uh, video podcast. And I'm going to sign off. So I am Mel Rosenberg, the host of the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network. And I've been here in the studio uh, speaking to Lisa Embold-Simon, the wonderful children's author. So Lisa, we're going to say goodbye to everybody. Leave and come back. All right. And we'll share a few secrets. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody.